0: vgrt gaming podcast episode 687 recorded on june 21st 2023
1: 7th edition of the TD Gaming Podcast and 520th episode of Video Game Roundtable My name is TJ Denzig
0: I'm Scott Dirk And I am Jonah Falcon The
1: VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry
0: Yeah, so we delayed one day but actually it worked out since there was a Nintendo Direct today So I quickly got myself up to speed and I can see why a lot of people were meh about this one too There's certain reasons but, you know, we'll get into it Anyways, um, we're not going to talk about what we've been playing lately, unless you really need to talk about what you've been playing lately. Are you, TJ? Are you reviewing something that you can't talk about? <laughs> um, not not anything in particular that I would care to
1: talk about that much. I've, I've been still hitting uh, uh, Street Fighter
0: Street Fighter Six pretty hard. Oh, I started playing Midnight songs Oh yeah, like yeah, just started. Just, just started, yes. Just got past uh, where you create a your own character and they fight uh, Fallen Venom, and that that's where I stopped after I defeated him. Um, I'm also playing Middle, War- Middle Earth: Shadow of Mordor, the first game, and um, I love that game, but now I see how the sequel spoiled me because there's a lot of things that are in the sequel that are not in the original, which make life a lot easier. Anyways, we'll have some uh, quick news. Uh, first, Jeff Keeley says a woman was due to appear on Summer for Game Fest stage. Uh, Melanie Libard, who stars in Ellen Quake 2* as its new co-protagonist, was uh, due to appear at one point, but she had prior uh things. And the thing is, okay, um, Jeff, why was there only one? <laughs> if you went to, the, if you watched the Microsoft Game Fest, you know they had women who were developers, who were community managers. Who are involved with the game? You're telling me you could only find one woman, and that she was one of the, up. and that was, and only because she was a voiceover actress, because uh, little hint, Melanie Libbard, this is, video games are not her forte. She's she does voiceover and she does acting. She's not she's not there to talk about games really. So you can only find one, huh? Yep.
2: I <laughs> guess he's not very good at finding that sort of thing. I guess.
0: Um, I know this will make TJ a little sad. Uh, Callisto Protocol's first and last story expansion have finally arrives next week. Final Transmission is the final chapter of Crafton's Dead uh, Space-like survival horror game. It flopped badly, and this is what happens when they flop badly. Uh, just like Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, well, Mass Effect Andromeda never even got to an DLC. There was planned DLC, but they just cut it when they realized it wasn't going to make any money. Um, there's only one expansion for the Callisto Protocol. I know you still like the game, uh, TJ. Are you going to get the DLC? I liked
1: the, I liked the main course of the game. I hated the ending. The last boss is an okay. absolute fucking asshole. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's, and, and, but like, I'm glad I finished it because I don't think it's the worst game. I don't think it's even that bad
0: of a game. It's just, not, do you th- do you think if they had a more traditional combat – if they had more traditional combat, people liked it better?
1: Maybe, because a lot of people's issue with it was that it was – like, they went in there expecting it to be – Dead Space. Dead Space. <laughs> and it's not. It's like – it's it, it's almost more like Punch-Out! than <laughs> It's like def, Dead Space.
0: <laughs> okay. But punch like, out with aliens and by aliens, I mean the movie aliens,
1: <laughs> yeah, and like I like it because I like punch out and okay. i like uh it, it I like uh the way in which you can combo enemies and like work around them and duck and weave and and do all your shit, so wait, you're
0: I saying you're saying that the final boss was Mike Tyson,
1: the final boss <laughs> is. Just the just, he just throws all of the uh, all of the 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 foundation that you've been building up throughout the gameplay out the window.
0: For those okay. who don't know, uh, Mike Tyson was the final boss in Punch Out. That's why I brought it up.
1: <laughs> yeah, and like the final boss, he has a shell on his. He, he, the only way you can damage him is by shooting him in the head. He has a shell on his head that you have to blow up before you can actually start damaging him. He can almost one hit kill you, and then he's got, and then he's and then when he starts to get down in health, he starts summoning exploding dudes that just fill the arena and and chase after you while you're trying to deal with him and not get killed by him, and it's just a nonstop. It's was, not. It's a nonstop gauntlet of bullshit. Is what it is.
0: That this, really doesn't sound fun. That sounds was this fun. game was this game made by SNK.
1: No, it was like, but they could have, like, the way that this boss was, was <laughs> S&K boss hard. Oh, I remember De- uh,
0: Dead or Alive 3, um, and uh, that girl, that green gooey girl, just irritated the hell out of me. I had to find an exploit to beat her, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. I just think it's like, they they had such a pretty, they had a pretty decent build up throughout the game, and then they just kind of, tripped over themselves on that last boss and made the game very unfun to finish.
0: Yeah. And now next we have Fanboys Go Wild. Um, And by the way, there's two parts to this now. Um, First, Fanboys are upset. PlayStation Fanboys are upset that Ratchet & Clank is coming to PC. Oh, the horror. Oh, my God. People who don't own a PlayStation will be playing Ratchet & Clank. They may as well just seppuku themselves right now. I don't know
1: why... Anyone would be offended of over any game coming to multiple consoles. Like, Well, it's not a console, but it's PC. But but I, or platforms, but I've also really never understood the console wars rhetoric.
0: Right, and then uh, recent, more recently, uh, there's a petition by with 2,000 signatures. I think a lot of them are mocking the petition in which someone says, Starfield should be on PlayStation because it deserves to be on PlayStation and PlayStation, or else it'll fail if it's not on PlayStation. Uh, not noticing that um, on Steam, Starfield is the number one pre-order. That's uh, pay that you pay for. Yeah. And uh, the uh, the $300 uh, special edition is sold out. See, and like I would be thrilled if Starfield
1: came to PlayStation Five because that's the p- platform I would prefer to play it on. But I'm not gonna sit here and sulk about it. It's what it, it is. What it is. And if it comes over, it comes over. But until then. I guess I'll just figure out how to play it on PC. Or, it's going to be on and
0: Steam, and everybody's already talking about the kind of mods that Starfield's going to have, because it's a it's a Bethesda game, meaning it's going to have a billion mods for it. Just look at Skyrim <laughs> and Fallout.
2: <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll have all sorts of skins, I'm sure, for the ships, for the people.
0: and. Oh, by the way, like, by the way, um, if God of War never came to Steam, you would have never had that mod that turned uh, Kratos and his son into Homer and Bart and yeah. uh and uh uh, uh and Balder into flanders <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: yeah there are some really good ones uh but like i'm i'm happy i'm happy to see starfield is looking so good yeah. i do hope that it
0: comes over to piece to playstation someday but we'll i'm all. not mad that it's, it's not going to Um, Microsoft has made it very clear. It's going to listen to Microsoft's wording. It's going to be on Xbox and platforms which have Game Pass on it.
1: Sure.
0: That's a message to Sony. Put Game Pass on on, (laughs) (laughs) it. If you put Game Pass on it, well, guess what? You'll get to play it. Oh, by the way, I have a $300 uh, collector's edition of Starfield because I want the watch, baby. I want that watch. That watch does look sweet. I mean, because I don't have, uh, you know, a, you know, a, 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 well, not a smartwatch. I don't have one, so that might as well be my first. Yeah, man, it looks like a dope ass watch. Like it looks very cool. I might get the the controller. I think the controller is going to be sold out. I, I'm pretty sure, without looking, it's probably sold out now. If it, if it's been in pre order, because that that is a nice controller. I'm ambivalent about the headset. I don't really care about the headset, but the controller looks nice. Mhm. And I've been watching videos. I've been picking apart a lot of the video. And when they were picking – when they were examining the combat, you know, I had, a, I had an epiphany. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> They're using the same exact system as FTL, the same exact system. And when I mentioned that, someone else said, well, yeah, uh, Todd Howard said that FTL was one of the inspirations. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah. i got to start playing FTL again at some point. I've never beaten it. I have never beaten it. Uh, Vampire Survivors is getting couch co-op multiplayer for up to four players. Uh, It'll be released on August 17th with a free update. It'll allow you to play the entire game with all updates and DLCs with friends or foes. It's not going to have any online multiplayer. It's strictly couch co-op or... Kind of co-op because you can screw around with your friends anyway. Co-op and Vampire Survivors sounds perplexing. I don't really. Everybody will that. say everybody will share the same XP bar, and everybody will have their own score. Do you can fight over weapons and pickups? Basically, oh well, whoever picks it up first, yeah. So it's going to be purely a uh, it's going to be purely a who can do this best thing, you know? Because here's the thing, those maps are wide, so you can imagine four people are just going to spread out. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. It's going to be free. And I have a game that's uh, Couch Co op called Stab, 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 and I really wish it was online. But, you know, uh, Couch Co op is, is retro, so enjoy. I mean, the ga- entire game is retro, so it might as well have retro multiplayer.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, it sounds like you said, or like we were saying, it sounds more competitive than Co op. <laughs> but it's uh co-op you can't kill each other
0: but oh, oh you can't no no you know you've but, seen but how you've it, seen your the, the weaponry everybody will get at some point i mean it'd be impossible not to kill somebody
1: right but i mean like no it's making a weapon from under your uh from right under your no head.
0: but i think you might be able to you know draw enemies that to a player that they can't handle it that sort of thing you know, like I said, it's going to be, I think it's going to just be competitive in terms of who scores the most. Because every every play that you have of Vampire Survivors, it does give you a score. Yeah. Anyways, let's talk about Nintendo Direct. Um, so, uh, a lot of people were annoyed by the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet Hidden Treasure DLC. Because, A, they didn't really say anything. And B, they took ten minutes to do it. Hmm.
1: Um. Yeah. Th- like I, I was, I was actually perplexed watching the first half of this uh, Nintendo yeah. Direct because a lot of it was stuff that we'd already known about in previous uh, either
0: previous directs or previous Summer Game Fest stuff. And it had it had frame rate issues. How can you have that on a direct? Isn't this? Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> Isn't it pre-recorded, or was Nintendo doing this live? I have no idea.
1: Um, if it was if it was if it was specifically during Pokemon, then that might have been a Pokemon thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, some other people said that the game, the base games issues, made them not care anyway. So yeah, they uh, they
1: <laughs> I enjoyed it for what it was, but like you're right, the, it was a uh, it was not a. There was a lot of issues in that game, and some of them for, for the better and some of them for the worst. Like, I remember the the dinosaur bike that you get your hands on. I was able to, like, cheese part of the game by jumping backwards up a mountain, <laughs> and yeah. I skipped a bunch of it. And I was like, I like this bug. It, it's a time saver. <laughs> but there was also a whole bunch of other <laughs> stuff that just has pissed a lot of people off, like frame rate issues. Um, Pokemon like characters just falling through the world, just all sorts of shenanigans.
0: Okay, so I'm pretty sure Scott is is interested in this, and we have Detective Pikachu two coming out uh, this year on October sixth. Uh, it's gonna of course, Pikachu is going to be fully voiced, just like the movie. What did you think? That,
2: that did look interesting. I like the uh, I like mystery games, and if this is a detective mystery game, I think this will be fun. And it's a fully voiced character, so it'll, you know, yeah. This this looks like a nice story to check out. I'm actually interested because uh, I like mysteries and a little bit of tongue-in-cheek humor is is good. Too. I,
0: why is it Tim Goodman and not Ash Ketchum though? I, that's just strange to me. I don't know. They wanted to see he's dressed exactly the same as 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 Ash too. Yeah.
2: I don't and know. Maybe they're just tired of that main character. I don't know.
0: Uh, it's gonna it's gonna revolve around Mewtwo, um, but it's still gonna be a mystery. So
1: it looked like a lot of plot points that were right out of the movie.
0: Yeah, it did seem like that. Yeah. Um, they remastered the Super Mario RPG.
2: That is going. That looked really good.
0: First came out in '96.
2: Um, I remember playing it on the SNES. And uh, this looks like a
0: faithful remaster remake. Yeah. Super Mario uh, RPG legend of the seven stars. Yeah. So you're going to be able to play on switch.
1: I love that. They're not trying to reinvent it. They they're giving it a graphical update. Oh yeah. They're making it look pretty and they're leaving the turn-based combat and exploration and the characters and all the stuff you find intact.
2: They did a great job with Link's Awakening. So this looks like that's more of that, you know, and, uh, I, I really like the graphical update, and you could see all the characters that were in the previous uh, game, and it's really good to have that. Yeah, you know, n- another turn-based game, and maybe this will inspire more Mario RPG. I mean, that's one of the reasons oh. why I like.
0: Uh, well, here's the thing: a lot of people have said since Thousand Year Door, the Mario, the Paper Mario oh, RPGs yeah. just went downhill. Um, maybe they'll start a new. Super Mario RPG period, not Paper Mario, just the RPG. Yeah,
1: there's a matter. lot of folks that uh, the the original Super Mario RPG had like an all star cast of developers on it. There was a lot of star talent from both Square Enix and Nintendo on that game. Um, I saw today that the one of the original co directors confirmed he would not he was not working on the project, um, but. The composer is coming back to do the music, which
0: is great. Uh, Princess Peach is getting her own game, but they'll say nothing about it. Uh, here's the here's the entire press release. Princess Peach will star as a main character in her own new game, which will be available in 2024. Stay tuned for more information about this game in the future. Yep, that's it. Nothing else. So I'm going to I'm going to take a guess and say it's going to be a platformer, a 3D platformer, like yeah, a Super think. Mario Odyssey and stuff like that.
2: I, I think that's a, a good guess Sarah. I mean, usually that's what a lot of these uh, Mario g- games are, is
0: platformer. But I thought they showed some uh, abilities game shots. She you know? showed some abilities. She's able to k- interact with NPCs and enemies, and she can do things. But it's going to be like puzzle-focused stages, like in Super Mario 3D Land. I like that. I like puzzles. And, Whatever, um, Princess Peach is getting her own game. <laughs> I think my daughter would love that. You know, just saying. Uh, uh, speaking uh, of Nintendo characters, WarioWare is back. Oh, yeah. WarioWare. WarioWare, move it. Um, Over 200 mi- microgames. Just basically, you know, it's yeah. just, it's, 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 it's like a party game sort of thing, you know. I don't know if anybody played uh, Air Larry, which is hilarious. I uh,
1: <coughs> I haven't really played many of the WarioWare games. Like I see the appeal behind them, but also I just I, it just doesn't seem for me. It seems like a very it seems like a very pick up and play and then put down and leave it alone for a while thing. Where yeah, you, you can only get so much enjoyment out of it in one sitting.
0: The only the only thing I. I don't like is that it's a motion control game. So, yeah. Um, motion control is so 2010. You don't need just just you have a screen. Just make it a touch screen thing. You know, make it like a cell phone game. Yeah. Uh, the biggest news, staying with Mario, is Super Mario Brothers Wonder, which is going to be a 2D um, Mario game
2: and co-op, which is a lot of fun. Looks like new yeah. abilities. Uh, I guess the Mario can get an elephant power up, and that's creating a lot of memes already. Yeah. Elephant Mario! Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: <that laughs> here's the thing.
0: Is. Rayman showed how good co-op can be in a in a platformer. So.
1: Also, the idea, the the existence of uh, Elephant Mario implies the existence of Elephant Yoshi, Elephant Peach, Elephant Toad, and Elephant Luigi.
0: Here's a thing. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, This game is going to have Peach and Daisy. Uh-huh. And also Toad and Luigi, but you finally have Princess... You know what I would have liked is if they had a secret character and it's Pauline. Or, of uh, Elephant. elephant. That's good. Yeah. I would like to... You also, know, you pick, you know, pick
1: a, also, there's another power-up where you grab a flower and it just makes the whole stage trip balls. I love that.
2: I think I saw a shop where Mario was holding his hat like it was a... Uh, like, it was an inflatable balloon. He was floating a little bit. So it mm-hmm. looks like there's that ability. Yeah. It looks good. And, yeah. Uh, it's nice to have an, uh, another Mario co-op game.
1: They came out strong for Mario today. Oh, which, yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they... We got Super Mario RPG coming in November. Super Mario Bros. Wonder coming in October. That Peach game's coming in 2024. And I don't. did we see a date for Luigi's Mansion, darklands Yeah. There's a 3 ds remake? Yeah. Did they put a date on it? Uh, For that
2: one, I'm not sure.
1: Either way, that was like the one Luigi's Mansion you can't play easily anymore, so getting that on
0: Switch is great. They can't – it's like there was such a dearth of Mario-themed content in the past few years, and all of a sudden they're just spitting it out all at once.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of people asking about it since the movie did so well, and, and Mario was like, all right, here it is, all of it. Now shut up for the
0: next <laughs> <laughs> um, Another game that interests me is uh, 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 Dragon Quest Monsters, The Dark Prince. Um, it's going to take Dragon Quest Monsters, and I remember playing Dragon Quest Monsters back when it was only Enix, not Square Enix. And uh, it's going to do some genetic splicing too. Mm-hmm. So this is actually a game from uh, 1998. So they just remastered the original game. Yep.
1: Uh, it was interesting to see the, the monster fusion mechanics. Yeah, I played the sequel way
0: back in the day.
1: Because here's Did the they thing: have monster fusion in the
0: old one. I they had mating. Yes, oh, okay. they had mating, and you could have two different types of monsters mate, and maybe you'd get a uh, special monster. Uh, the thing is that uh, the reason why I liked um, Dragon, monster, uh, Dragon Quest Monsters 2 so much was that I was already bored to tears with Pokemon. It was the same game over and over, and Dragon Quest Monsters 2 just took it and showed what you could do if you just moved ahead. You know, There was a lot of stuff in that game, a lot of things to do. Which there wasn't really much to do in, in, except explore and talk to people and fight in gyms. That's all you did in Pokemon. Yeah. This, uh, Dragon Quest Monsters 2 let you do a lot of things. So I would say if if you haven't played Dragon Quest Monsters, get it. Because it's really good. Oh, yeah, I forgot. The other thing is Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon is getting a remake for the Switch. It's the uh, 3DS game that you're plopping onto uh, onto the Switch. Yeah. Which, uh, like I said, I don't know what
1: the date is on that, but uh, it sounds like it's coming pretty soon.
0: Uh, we also have Pikmin 4 coming.
1: Yep. Uh, we got to see Glow Pikmin today, which are, like, you can only find them at night, and uh, they help kind of light your path as you're wandering around in the dark. <laughs> um, that game has looked fun as far as, just, like, the new stuff they're adding on, because the Glow Pikmin are the second new Pikmin they've shown. The previous one was, free, uh, was Ice Pikmin, which uh, allow you to freeze up a a monster and then shatter it into pieces, which sounds terrifying from the receiving end. Oh. Uh, (laughs) But that game is looking silly and fun.
0: Oh, by the way, this will make Scott really, really happy, Um, and I'm pretty sure he was extremely happy when they first showed it. But they're remaking uh, Star Ocean 2. Oh, yes. very excited for that. It's in
2: HD, HD 2D. Uh, loving that style um they updated the the portraits which look really nice and they even the whole game is voiced now and they have the lip syncing and it just looks like a real big improvement and i've never completed this game before and I would love
0: you know to what game out. it looks like don't you it looks like you ate in chronicles hundred heroes
1: it uh it was my favorite announcement of the entire direct because oh, yeah. I too am a huge fan. I've actually beaten Star Ocean too. It's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> the last, uh, the last, the last mandatory dungeon of the game is like a 100 floor tower, and there's like a boss on every tenth floor, uh. and and it's a huge pain in the ass to beat the 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 ten wise men as they're called. Um, Are <laughs> and then like. Some of the features that they showed in that trailer look dope as hell too. Like they, it, you used it used to be that you could only use the four characters that you have in your party. Oh yeah, and, I like that. But it's looking like they are adding access to be able to use the abilities of characters you have in reserve and in combat alongside the ones that you have in your party. That's cool. I like that a lot.
2: That reminds me of chained echoes, where you could call in someone. You, you you would switch characters in chained echoes, but in this one it looks like you just get them to uh, have um, a- abilities active. Because I I always felt it was weird that you'd have a small part of your party attack while the others are just like chilling and watching. Hey, look, they're fighting. We're just we're just gonna stand here and watch. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, but uh, that's cool. You know, it it makes it more. it, it adds more complexity to the combat and action is uh really difficult for me so i know uh, just having more options helps um yeah for a turn based but the, this 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 game holds a real special spot in in my nostalgia because it just has really wonderful music really nice characters and always just gorgeous art you know and you're exploring a new planet and and you're just You're stranded on it, trying to figure out what's going on there.
1: Yeah. You're like a future sci-fi. Well, one of the characters is is like a a Federation officer of like a Star Trek Starfleet, and he crash lands on like a a world that's stuck in the Middle Ages and has magic. And it's just – Star Ocean, the second story, is – I'm with Scott. That's probably one of my favorite RPGs of all time. And uh, it's great to see what they're doing with it. Surprising to see that Star Ocean remake of the 2DHD remake is going to come out before uh, Dragon Quest III's uh, remake is going to come out. Mm. We haven't seen anything about Dragon Quest III since they announced it in like 2020.
0: By the way, I forgot to mention they're also remaking – they remastered uh, Pikmin 1 and 2, and they're out now on the Switch. Yep. Um. Uh, the uh, the new originals uh, you have Silent Hope is by Exeed. It's a uh, action RPG with crafting elements in it. It's cartoony, but it, it looks good. Yeah,
1: it did look fun. It looked like a Saturday morning cartoon with that cell shading.
0: Wait, um, <laughs> are you talking about Myth Force or Silent Hope? Oh, I'm probably thinking of Myth Force. Yeah, Silent Hope is a. Uh, is an XC action RPG, so you have your typical, you know, jibby uh, uh, characters, but uh, it also has a uh, it has a, uh, um, a crafting element, which looks interesting. Basically a Diablo, but cute. Yeah. Uh, Myth Force reminds me of the uh, game that came out uh, by Volition. Remember them? Uh, Agents of, uh, what was the name? Agents of Change? Agents of, I forgot the name of that um, game. Agents of Shield? No. Agents of Mayhem? Agents of Mayhem, yeah. Because <laughs> that was another game that um that relied heavily on Saturday morning cartoons. Mhm. I'm just saying, in terms of theme. It's so- Also
1: relied on you caring about Johnny Gat.
0: Oh God. Why? <laughs> Why the? F- <laughs> what about Johnny Gat is supposed to be so friggin? Anyway, uh, MythForce is coming multi-platform, so. <laughs> I gotta say,
1: my second favorite thing from this, Penny's Big Breakaway. That was a genuine surprise. Okay. The moment they said, from the team behind Sonic Mania, I was in. And uh, then they sweetened the pot by saying that T. Lopez is uh, doing the music for it. Which, if you don't know, T. Lopez was the composer on Streets of Rage 4, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Trader's Treader, Revenge. The original Sonic Mania, and, uh, and quite a few other great projects. Like, that guy has been making awesome soundtracks. And I'm really excited to see what the Sonic Mania team does with, like, a completely new IP.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, it was just a bunch of ports that are coming. Uh, Batman games, Metal Gear Solid games, Myth Force was released last year. Gloomhaven is based on the board game. That was released a long time ago on Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, other than that, you know, it looks like this year Nintendo Direct was just basically, we're going to show you all the Mario stuff, and you're going to like it, damn it.
2: I'll definitely like that Mario stuff, and I think the others were interesting, too. I was surprised to see Gloomhaven, and it's nice to have it on there if you don't have it on Steam or don't have Steam.
0: By the way, the other reason why I think uh, Princess Peach game is going to be a 3D uh, platformer is that none of the other games were 3D platformers. Super Mario yeah. Brothers is a 2D platformer, and uh, you know and the others are not. It's like I'm pretty sure they're just getting Princess Peach. You know, they're not allowed announcing a new Luigi's Mansion game aside from the remake of the 3DS game. It has so, been a Princess Peach game before, but I, I don't can't think remember so. What kind of game? It oh was. no, it was probably one of those edutainment games. <laughs> uh, oh no, no, Super wait, Prin- there was yeah, it was on the DS. That DS game.
1: Yeah, it was Super Princess Peach.
0: Yeah, in which um she used her emotions to do things. Like if she cried, she you got this weapon. Oh, in.
2: I remember that now. Yeah, she'd walk around crying on everything.
0: <laughs> well, not just crying, oh, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was one, was one of her better. powers. <laughs> at least game. At least in Mary vs. Ravage, uh, Princess Peach gets a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not crying this time. Blammo. <laughs> yeah. That was a
1: gorgeous game, though. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm interested to see if they, they stick around that sort of style of, like...
0: No, I'm pretty sure it's going to be... I'm pretty sure she's going to be a girl boss in, in this game, in the 2020,
1: uh, 2024 game. She's going to be a platformer. Some folks were saying that she doesn't have her crown, and it could be before she was
0: princess. Possible. I don't know. She always says that. She, that always happens to her in every game. Like, in... Um, Twi- and uh, oh, the sailing game, you know. Um, oh, damn! What was the name of that uh, that, that Zelda game in which he's in the boat? Uh, you know what I'm wondering. The Wind I'm Waker. Talking? Yeah, in Wind Waker, she was a pirate, and oh, then yes. she, and then she became a, a princess, and then she stopped being a pirate, which sucked. That's Zelda, not not Peach. Oh, never mind then. Okay. <laughs>
1: Peach, always, Peach almost always has her crown,
0: oh, but she doesn't it's like, <laughs> no. Well, Zelda never has her crown. It's like she always has to rediscover she's a princess, and then when she becomes a princess, she's no longer a badass.
1: She's an adventurer in the new games. Which, uh,
2: uh, well, yeah, That's <laughs> true. She's out there going with Link and checking out the
1: ruins. She yeah. was chic in um, Ocarina of Time. I just think it's interesting that she doesn't – like, this is one of the first few games where I've seen Peach
0: without her crown, except for, like, Super Mario Sunshine, where she was on vacation. Okay. We're going to move on. (laughs) I think we've we've talked enough about the Nintendo Direct. There's not much to talk about, really, aside from what we already spoke about. Uh, Microsoft says it's officially done making new Xbox One games. This comes from Eurogamer. Two and a half years after the launch of the Xbox Series XS, uh, Microsoft has officially said goodbye to the previous generation, with Xbox Game Studios boss Matt Booty now confirming no internal development team working on new titles for the Xbox One. Uh, Booty shares the news on the conversation with Axios, revealing all 23 of Microsoft's and Xbox Studios, aside from the ones that are currently doing game ongoing games like Minecraft and Sea of Thieves, have moved on to Gen 9. Despite that shift in focus, Booty says that the company still plans to maintain support for Xbox One by making its Gen 9 titles, that is, games specifically for the Xbox Series SX, playable on the older platform via its cloud streaming technology. Uh, Xbox Game Studios shift to Xbox Series X, I'm just going to say SSX or whatever, whatever, it's the next Gen 9, right, has been anticipated, but it's only recently started to manifest in Microsoft's release lineup. The company's remaining 2023 titles, namely Forza Motorsport and Starfield, are both foregoing the Xbox One in favor of the Gen 9 and PC, and that trend continues into 2024 and beyond when first-party games, including Avowed, Hellblade 2, and the New Fable are set to make their eagerly-weighted debut. This is not really news. Um, They always do this. Here's the thing. Third-party developers will continue to support the Xbox One. And they always do that. They always support the last generation for as long as possible usually even until the next generation pops up like um but here's the thing here's what's different at least people who own the xbox won't be left in dust if they're if they have uh ultimate and they're streaming it's like yeah you don't you don't have a physical copy but if you have game pass ultimate you'll still be able to play the games by cloud streaming, which is kinda cool. You know, wait and you don't need to play you don't have to wait you don't have to buy the new console just yet. You can play it on your old console. It's a long silence. Hello? Nothing to say? Uh oh. I was I'm sorry, I was muted.
1: Um yeah, it was <laughs> honestly interesting that like that it lasted this long where we were still seeing games that were being made for Playstation Four and Xbox One. I mean, we were getting to the point where, like, new games that we've seen coming out lately didn't have PS4 and Xbox One on the the list. Yeah, uh, it's
0: the hard drive. It's the HDD now.
1: But we're to the point... But we're what? Like, two Two and and a half years. Two and a half years. Two and a half years into the console cycle, which I would say that was um, a longer time than anyone could have asked for for them to continue to support and I don't, and I think a part of that was the
0: pandemic and the. Yeah, and the, I mean, it seems like it's been a shorter time because not a lot of people were able to get the new consoles. Right,
1: and I think that's a big part of why they continued to support the old consoles was so that they knew that people couldn't get into the new generation as easily. Um, but yeah, it's it's about that
0: time. Now i was thinking about Starfield again. I have, I have the uh, launcher installed now. Yeah, uh,
1: and like I can't even like there, there's there been like talk about like how many games have been held back by uh, or taken longer or been delayed because they're trying to make it work on something like PS4 or Xbox One. Um, and I don't know how much that affects like some of the AAA games that are going on, but I have to assume that trying to cram that much quality into a uh, into a PS4 or Xbox One game,
0: is probably not easy. One thing um, I don't know if we discussed this last week, uh, but they said that Avowed is going to be you know a smaller area, but it's going to be like more focused, you know, like uh, uh, the Outer Worlds uh, size. And then we found out that Assassin's Creed Mirage is going to be in a single city, and it's also going to be smaller and more more focused and here's the thing i'd rather have that than a wide open space of nothing
1: you remember my theory i'm i'm curious to see if it turns out to be true i'm kind of curious to see if the new assassin's creed ends up being built more like hitman where you have various large-scale locales with different missions that you
0: need to no, complete each one it's gonna be a lot more fo- they're gonna stress the verticality I remember playing the first Assassin's Creed in which you had to just do little things before you could actually make your assassination. You know, And there was only three cities, but you were always focused in one city, which wasn't the biggest thing in the world. Anyways, we're going to move mm-hmm. on to uh, – go ahead. Yeah, okay.
1: I was <laughs> going to say, like you, you're probably right, but uh, I would love I would like to see them go in the Hitman direction because I think that Assassin's Creed is a series that – that would lend itself well to that style. They did
0: go in the Hitman direction when they released the first Assassin's Creed. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, in terms of, like, the loc of, like, having each... In, in terms I, I, I'll, of, like, I'll other repeat myself. Areas. I'll repeat myself. They did that with the first Assassin's Creed. What are you talking about? <laughs> Anyways, the... ha- Go ahead. No, I mean, go ahead with the second, uh, the next news item, uh, TJ.
1: Xenonauts will invade our world.
0: This Xenonauts July. 2.
1: Oh, Xenonauts 2 will invade our world this July. From PC Gamer, hotly anticipated tactics game Xenonauts 2 finally has a release date, July 18th, 2023. Seven years since it was confirmed, and six years from the first demo. Developer Goldhawk Interactive and publisher Hooded Horse have announced that it'll release into early access on Steam. Xenonauts 2 is a game in the vein of XCOM. But rather than the radical redesign of the original formula that was XCOM 2012 and its sequels, Xenonauts 2 is a less direct sequel and more of a reimagining of the original vision. Featuring a modern engine, a new setting, and refined mechanics built for longtime fans and new strategy gamers alike, according to the press release. Where Xenonauts diverges from uh, modern-day XCOM games and more resembles the enemy unknown of the 90s is in its hardcore combat realism and, com- uh, and complex strategic simulation. Managing different fronts of the war is crucial, uh, requiring you to defend your bases against enemy assault while expanding your organization to cover larger areas of the globe. I uh, I have been watching this game for a little bit. I, I didn't. I haven't been watching it for years, but I have been watching it like this year, and uh, it looks very interesting, and it does look very much like the the full on old school uh, XCOM.
0: You know what worries me is that um, that's the exact same terminology they used to describe Phoenix Point, and I do not like Phoenix Point.
1: Yeah, I can see, I can see why. Like, uh, I, I, there was a lot about Phoenix Point that just felt very, very, very. Foreign him to normal XCOM.
0: And it was made by the developer from the original XCOM, you know, so it's not like it was coming out of nowhere. Um, yeah. Sid Mayer is smart, and he streamlined XCOM, so it was, you know, fun. Um, I can – here's the thing. If it's combat realism, that's fine. If it's complex strategic, strategic simulation, that's fine. Just make sure it's fun, you know. It's not video work. It's video games. Yeah. And uh, for what I can
1: see, there is a lot. There is a lot to manage. Like you've got, you've got the global scale uh, uh, command center and, and support from nations, like like in the original XCOM. You've also got like aircraft that can run that can run missions while uh, while you're doing your thing. You got base building for your own facility, and then you've got on the ground combat with your soldiers. So it
0: looks like there's going to be quite a bit to handle in this game. What I do like is it has a very retro look. It looks like an Amiga game. Yeah,
1: looks like a yeah, game for the
0: the Amiga or the Atari ST. Yes.
1: And uh, there's still like even even despite looking that way, there's like a level of quality to like the the combat and the animations that it's quite fun to
0: watch. Yeah. like the best game ever from 1994. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um I'm gonna. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll probably get a review copy, so we'll see. Um, this is set to come out in July 18th. Yeah. Anyways, uh, final news item. Uh, Respawn worked on Titanfall 3 for 10 months, and this comes first from IGN. Respawn Entertainment worked on Titanfall 3, quote-unquote, in-artist for 10 months before ditching it for Apex Legends, a former developer has revealed. Muhammad Alavi, who became the narrative lead designer on Titanfall 3 before it was cut, told the Burnett work, that's a weird sight, but Burnett work. That came. To, that much work of the sequel had been done. Titanfall came three, did what it did, and we were just like, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna make Titanfall three. And we worked on Titanfall three for about ten months, right? In earnest, we had new tech for it. We had multiple missions going. We had a first playable, which was to be on par, to be just as good, if not better, than whatever we had before. We were feeling pretty decent about it, but not the same feeling as Titanfall two, where we were making something revolutionary. You know what I mean? So what happened, according to Olavi, was a combination of the multiplayer team having issues with making an experience that didn't burn out players too quickly and the explosion of Battle Royale genre with a release of PUBG in 2017, also known as a blight on the computer game world. Uh, Respawn developers were seemingly more far interested in playing a Battle Royale map with Titanfall 3 classes the team put together than any standard Titanfall multiplayer mode they were working on. This prompted a realization, ditch Titanfall 3 and make Apex fix Legends. In September 2021, uh, Titanfall's community uh, coordinator, Jason Garza, said it was unlikely Respawn would develop Titanfall 3, as was focusing on improving Titanfall 2 and Apex Legends. That is bullshit. But we'll continue on. The latter of which has be, uh, quickly grown in popularity since it was shadow-dropped over two years prior. Titanfall 2 shelf fell, fell short of its projected sales, but still managed to gain a cult following. Respawn also shifted its focus to Star Wars following the success of Star Wars Fallen Order and its sequel, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, launching on April 28th. Uh, Director Stig Osmussen said he wants to make Cal Kestis' story a trilogy. Uh, Horseshit, here's the thing. Uh, Notice they're only talking about the multiplayer. I didn't give a rat's ass, really, about the multiplayer. I cared about the single-player campaign. And I wanted to see what happened next in Titanfall 3 as a single-player campaign. And uh, Apex Legends doesn't have mechs, so who cares? Yeah. Um, I gave up on
1: Titanfall. Like, I lo- there, was a, there was a period of time I loved Titanfall 2, and I liked Apex Legends when it started. I do not care for where Apex Legends has gone since, end uh, the season since. Uh, I think I quit around season 6, and I've popped in every now and then to see if it's, if it, if, uh, if any of the new season content grabs me, it doesn't. That game is, uh. It's just not as fun as Titanfall, in my opinion. And I. I think the first two seasons were as fun as Titanfall. But, uh-huh. um. But at a certain point, I miss everything that Titanfall did with, uh. With the fact that you had the on the ground shooting, the ability to traverse the map with grappling hooks and stuff. And then you had. People just call down giant mechs from <laughs> to and fight each other. That I was and and like the little dudes would have the the soldiers would have to navigate around these colossi.
0: Just but it, the, the soldiers aren't there. the, the soldiers are not helpless against the mechs because as you know right. you can you can you can rodeo them and, and drop a bomb in their head. But here's the thing, I love the story and I still play Titanfall two single player story because it is an excellent story. It's really engaging. And I love, love, love the ending. Protect the pilot.
1: Yes, and I always just thought that their machine design was so freaking cool. Like, yeah.
0: it wasn't the original, most original thing in the world because you could see where they they got all their designs from. They got it from Mech Warrior. Sure. The uh, the sure. Jaggers and the uh, and oh, what are the name of the ones that that are squat with a round head that look like like Pac Man walking on two legs. You know what I'm talking about. All I, those des- I don't know what the name of it is. All the designs are from are strictly from MechWarrior, but that's fine. I don't care. Yeah. I just remember the
1: the one that like had a beam weapon that would come out of its chest. It's it was one yeah. of my favorites. There was also a like light mech that had a sword that was fun to use.
0: Yeah, I think that was the Jager. Mm-hmm. I just like I just love the, the story though. I mean it it was an emotional story, and I usually don't get that emotional on these kind of stories.
1: Mm -hmm. so this is a really big shame but like at this point i feel i I don't feel much for respawn or and what they're doing as far as that universe goes
0: yeah have you noticed there's a trend though that it's trending towards single-player experiences again so hopefully respawn well respawn is doing it with the star wars games but hopefully after they make the third star wars jedi game maybe they'll they'll go back to titanfall and make a good titanfall story
1: it feels surprising to say in 2023 that I'm more interested in what Ubisoft is doing with Star Wars than what EA is doing with Star Wars. Oh, that was such a great
0: demo, by the way. I almost forgot. Um, yeah, there's another open world from Ubisoft. It is Avatar, and that's it. No one cares. But, it uh, looks it looks pretty, but you know, for me, it's like Star Wars Pandora. I mean, I, I mean, sure. it's Far Cry Pandora. But the Star Wars open world game that Ubisoft
1: showed, that
0: yeah, that looks was good. So
1: fun to watch, and like I, I,
0: I wanted to play it. You know why? After watching it. You know why? Because when you watch it, you can see the mechanics that are in the game and say, "Oh, that can work." It's it's not anything far out. It's like, yeah, I mean, have your uh, be able to use your your uh, your animal friend to do things like distract people or press a button. I mean, yeah, it's basic stuff. You know, and you have all these little these little mechanics that say, yeah, they're 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 working together. It's working together. These these are not difficult things to conceptualize. Right. And I just hope that, like,
1: I hope that planetary like landing and leaving isn't like a scripted event where it only happens a few times. I hope that, like. Yes, if, I, if I'm if i being chased down by uh, Empire soldiers, I do want to get off the planet and fly off into hyperspace.
0: Well, you'll notice that it is connected in that um, you'll you'll uh, earn some e- Empire uh, faction negatives. But if you just fly and escape without killing any of the TIE fighters, you don't have to worry about even getting more negatives. Like, oh, well, they got away. But no, they killed our dudes. Now we're really angry.
1: Mm-hmm. That game looks like Grand Theft Auto Star Wars, and I am
0: I am it, ready for it. It's more to me. It looks more like uh, Middle Earth Star Wars. You still haven't Maybe played so. that game, and you know, here's the thing. I'm conflicted if I should say play Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor or say fuck that game, just play Shadow of War because it's so much better. I've never played either smart, know, kind of them. I know that's what I'm saying. Long. It's like, I, well, here's uh, the, I, the story is so good though in the first game and the second game.
1: No, that's what I'm saying is that I probably wouldn't have the same qualms you have about going back to the first one because I don't know what I'm missing in the second one.
0: Oh, you know, here's another thing. You can just uh, watch a let's play of the first one and then play the second one. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, we're going to lose sort of feedback. Go ahead, uh, Scott. Okay.
2: This is from Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, they did it as a fathom, uh, Fathom event in Portland, and I went, good stuff.
0: Night seeing what Fable and Avowed might look like when they come out. Wow, you know, that's Isn't, interesting. You know the Fathom events, right? You go to a theater, they stream something to the theater. Okay, they didn't I have didn't that know. in New York. They didn't do that in New York. I mean, I would have, I might have gone to a Fathom event if they had it here. Just go to a theater with a... Bu- Here's the thing. It's one thing to sit in front of your, your computer or your TV or whatever and watch, you know, the Microsoft Direct by yourself. But if you're in a, a crowd of fans... That's a, It's often something special because everybody starts cheering at once. Uh,
2: the Internet is already talking about No Man's Skyrim. I'm cautiously optimistic. It seems very ambitious between shipbuilding, habitat building, space travel, trading combat, a room full of sandwiches. It's a lot. I, I do agree with Jordan. It, it does seem very ambitious and a lot, especially those thousands of planets um, that they must have, you know, like tailor-made to – be more than just,
0: you know, like, generic made planets. here's the thing. This is what I found out. Um, The planets are procedurally generated, but not to the extent of No Man's Sky, right? But um, they'll be things placed on the planets randomly, right? For quests and stuff like that. So, it's going to be a different game every time you play, but it's not going to be boring like No Man's Sky was for a very long time. He so, so what you're saying is like going to
1: a, when I go exploring in the galaxy, a num like a planet could show up and it will be randomly generated.
0: Oh no 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 but no 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 no! no. Listen,
1: All the planets listen, listen, listen. Let me finish. But when I get down to the planet, there could be scripted story missions that appear there because of uh, the way that the game is set up.
0: All the planets are handcrafted, but what's on them can be random. Oh, okay. So there's going to be... Okay, so uh, the planets are going to be semi-random in terms of what's on them. All you know, it's going to be an entire planet. You're not going to be able to explore all of it in a very short time. you just have to scan for a place that, oh, you know, what? this place has a lot of uranium. I'm going to go there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, yeah, the emissions are going to be randomized on the planets. So uh, plots... I think the main storyline stuff... Will not be randomized, or at least when you have to go to a city, you have to go to that city. I mean, uh, uh, the, that big city. Oh god, what's that big city on Alpha Centauri? It'll always be on Alpha Centauri.
1: I hope, I hope that the side content on the uh, on the planets that are not part of the main storyline are varied enough to be interesting. Because what I don't want to see is oh like gather five planets. yeah no
0: no it's not what like I that. What i
1: don't want to see is 50 different planets with some slight variation of the same outpost of raiders that i have to go through and clear uh,
0: i don't think it's gonna be like that um and a lot of, they, they said there's gonna be tons and tons and tons of missions but here's the fun part um it's usually gonna be localized to where you are so it's not gonna be like oh we need you to go to this far away planet and pick up this thing and bring it back to us Mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of um, cu- uh, crafted missions that are on in all the cities okay
2: are we ready for the next one now? Yeah. okay this is uh, from Ralph hi guys thanks for this huge episode sadly I know none of the games I heard about uh, Street Fighter 6 but you skipped it we didn't skip it I don't know I, I, I do remember TJ talking about it a long time yeah <laughs> Um, and then you mentioned one Metro, Metroidvania game coming, which should look very good. But I did not get the name. It was very early in the episode. Could you please tell me the name? I love Metroidvania, Metroidvania games. I don't remember which which one he could be talking about. Because I think there's I a look line. back at
0: the previous episode notes and find out. Because I think I know what he's talking about. I'm is not quite the,
1: sure.
0: Is it the Spanish one? no 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 it's not that one
1: the only one i can think of that has really caught my eye recently is uh convergence a league of legends story which focuses on echo that was a metroidvania game and it uses his time shifting ability and i think they do a very good job of implementing it that game it's not I would. I wouldn't say it's as good as Hollow Knight, but it's probably one of the closest things that I've gotten
0: to Hollow Knight since Hollow Knight. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think it might have been in the uh, in the Future Game Show. Future Game Show. Yeah. I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That would be the previous episode. Anyways, I don't remember. Yeah, this was uh <laughs>
1: That's gonna drive me crazy. I'll 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 go back and look at those uh those things and see if I can
0: find it. Unless they're talking about thirty three immortals with thirty three people playing. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> no, that's, that that was not Metroidvania. No. Uh. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Oh wait, was it? Oh, maybe it was uh this game here. I'm trying to remember now if it was this game. Was it the
1: action platformer starring Ebenezer Screech? No. <laughs> <laughs> that I hate that. Game kind of, that game kinda of looked fun, I'm not gonna lie.
0: Oh, you know what? Um it might have been Dungeons of Hinderberg.
1: Maybe. I don't remember talking too much about that one.
0: Oh, it was the uh, it was the three D exploration game. that was in that was in uh, that looked it looked like, uh, oh yeah, I nicknamed it uh, Lo-Fi uh, Beat instead of Hi-Fi Rush, Lo-Fi Beat. I don't know if it was an. I, I don't know if it's a Metroidvania though. See, I'm looking through I, my. Uh, when I, I think of my... yeah, when I think of Metroidvania game, I think of 2D games.
1: Yeah, I'm looking through my uh, wish list now because I have to imagine that if I liked it, I would have uh, put it in here.
0: Anyways, move on, Scott.
2: Okay. Uh, let's see. And I'm playing the hell. I'm out of- I'm playing the hell out of Diablo floor, and the words I chose were not intended to describe it.
0: But, yeah, oh. yeah, I know he's making a- Yeah, he played the hell out of Diablo. Hell get it
2: uh and as always um magic the gathering uh besides this the summer is coming and so are the concerts and festivals i enjoyed instead of sitting at my pc or console i need people around me at the moment thanks for your effort and i promise i try to listen to the podcast more often and comment it as i did last year uh and greetings from germany ralph yep. that's nice thank you for Ralph, and thank you jordan for Hiding
1: in For those who don't know Let's see Jordan if I can used figure to get... out what that game was Ralph I uh, I can't remember right now but, uh... Uh, Jordan,
0: Jordan is one of our former co-hosts and just had to write in because it was the
1: and also uh, I am playing the hell out of Street Fighter 6 Marisa is one of my favorite things that I've ever had in a fighting game she is a Greek oh. goddess and I love her <laughs> <laughs> she has a she has a move where uh, she puts up her fists and, like, guards an attack, and then you can do a ca- command throw where she shoves your face to the ground and punches you in the back of the head on the ground. And it's just the meanest thing I've ever seen in a fighting game, and it is so satisfying to end around round with.
2: It. Very, very brutal, very savage.
0: Yeah. Like this eight-foot-tall... Oh, 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 yeah! Prince of Persia lost crown. Oh, yeah, there you go. That was that was the two D. Yes, 2D. yes, because we were talking about if it would be more
1: like if it would be completely like the original or if they would do some no, different it's, things.
0: It's a two D Metroidvania. Straight up. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Excellent.
1: But the dagger of time and, and there's some time shifting mechanics and they're gonna be and it's side scrolling like the old school Prince of Persia, which looked very fun. Yeah. Okay,
0: excellent. Anyways, look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net, along with the industry news and our gaming history articles. We can enjoy your feedback. So leave us on a comments on our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, set us up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us some iTunes comments. You can find me on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. You can find me at Johnny chance You can find me at Shredder Moore And we will have a new episode next week. Happy gaming, everyone.
1: Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all.
0: And that's it.